Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Screen Heroes episode 120. I am Derek, one of your regular hosts. I only have one of my other regular hosts with me this week, and that is Ray. Hi. Ray, do you want to introduce our two guests? Well, I mean, they're returning. Like, we have Chris and we have Nicole, and I'm so happy that we do, because I love them. We love you. We love you, too. La, la, la. (laughs) Yeah, so Ryan, our third normal host, regular wonderful host, lovely host, whatever I normally say, um, could not be here this evening, so we are subbing him in for two other people, Um, and we're going to be talking about The Incredibles 2, we'll be reviewing that after we talk some news. So where do you want to start on news? Okay, so why don't you start with all your Star Trek stuff? Because there is a lot that hit the internet today. All the Star Trek there stuff. There is a lot. So much. Okay, okay. That's fine. So baffling. So Star Trek Discoveries had a little bit of, uh, of a rocky history and a rocky season two production season so far. Uh, so two of the showrunners have been... Uh, let go or have left or have been fired however you want to believe that happens um, and Alex Kurtzman who's been with the show actually since day one he was the first person officially signed on to the series uh, is taking over as the sole showrunner instead of three showrunners so there's a lot of headlines saying that they've replaced showrunners or they've swapped out showrunners and none of that's really true they just got rid of two of the three and kept the one um, which is fine. The two who got let go, there have been a lot of reports from the writers and the cast and crew that those two had been kind of aggressive and abusive on set and difficult to work with. So assuming that's all true, then this is for the best, but I guess we'll never necessarily know. Um, and then today they announced that Alex Kurtzman and his production team got a five-year contract for Star Trek stuff. And now there's tons of articles all over the internet talking stuff. about what that is. Yes. <laughs> so Technical term. Just stuff. That's what it says in the contract. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> basically, Kurtzman and his team have been assigned to uh, continue to develop and expand Star Trek for CBS. This is not Paramount, so this means no movies on the big screen. This means CBS stuff. Um, it did include things like spinoffs, miniseries, TV movies, cartoons, which as a fan of the animated series is kind of exciting for me, and as a comic book fan, that's kind of cool too. Um, There's a ton of rumors swirling around that one of those shows may or may not be the one Nicholas Meyer was supposed to be working on, and may or may not include Patrick Stewart returning, because of a very offhanded comment he made. (laughs) Uh, they, They had interviewed him and asked him if he had watched Discovery yet, and he said no, but he might have a reason to watch it soon. Oh. Oh, okay. Now, meaning that... <laughs> he was just taking a vacation and not anything else. Right. It probably meant that, like you know, yeah, I'm gonna sign up for CBS All Access, so I might as well watch it. Or it could mean that, yeah, I'm coming back to Star Trek. I'm gonna lean towards the 
early end of that spectrum. But, uh, but yeah, so anyway, oh, Ryan's in chat. The old pork chop express. Hey, Ryan. Um, so, anyway. what a name. Five. Yeah. <laughs> it's five, a big handle. Five days ago, uh, Entertainment Weekly dropped all these new Aquaman photos, which look amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and a new logo. Yeah. I'm digging the logo. Yeah? <laughs> it looks brighter and a little happier, which is probably a, a good thing for the DCEU at this point. It's yeah. a little too dark up to this point. So, we got to see Mira's costume and Queen Alana's mm-hmm. costume and Black Manta and... Ocean Master. Ocean Master. Yeah. I gotta say, Mind like, everybody looks amazing, except why does Ocean Master have a man bun? Like, why was that <laughs> necessary? He's gotta fit his hair inside that goofy helmet somehow. <laughs> no one hair. can have a luscious yeah, mane like Jason Momoa, I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, I'm not big on fashion and hair trends, as people who are watching can tell, so I have no idea. Like, some guys can pull it off. I don't think so. Patrick Man Wilson buns should never be a thing. No? I hate Could I pull so it off? Much. I, I would wish you would it. pull it off. Um, well, like, if you, have you can figure out how to make it happen, I will support you. And, and, then, just, and then immediately pull it off. I literally shaved my head like an hour ago, so that's not going to happen anytime soon. Uh, okay, Ryan um, has requested a Shazam Gate 2019-2018. It should be 2019 because that's when the movie comes out. Um, but we've been talking. It's been Shazam Gate 2018. Uh, uh, nothing, nothing happened. There's rumors that we'll see a teaser trailer at San Diego Comic-Con, which yes. is where it's been confirmed we'll see the first Aquaman trailer. So that's a possibility. Other than that, no official poster, no official imagery of any kind. They're really focusing on Aquaman right now, which and they should be. That movie comes out next, right? And <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's what Marvel did with between uh, Black Panther and Infinity War for the most part. So you know, you kind of go in order, push, push. You know, the marketing for one before you start on the next. You don't want to start yeah. counting your chickens before they hatch. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So sorry, Ryan. Ryan's very excited for the Shazam trailer. All right, so anyway, so moving on. um, So we do have some Pixar news that's kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. Pete Docter and Jennifer Lee are taking over for John Lasseter. Last year, or maybe about six months ago even, uh, John Lasseter was forced to go on a hiatus for um, being inappropriate with female employees. And that kind of ran the gamut from touching to talking, and so, you know, screw him. But it, nobody, like, said that he was fired. They just said he was stepping away for a while. So he is totally fired now. He has been replaced. <laughs> That's a, kind of a nice way of saying he stepped down to save face. Yeah. <laughs> Disney does not put up with that. But especially considering it's you know what their market is it's children yeah what kind of example would that set you know horrible absolutely horrible and i am excited though because pete doctor directed up that's my favorite pixar movie and jennifer lee was heavily involved in frozen and that movie that just one went, i don't care about you know but it was incredibly <laughs> popular so she knows what she's doing this and, is true 
I don't know how it is. I was going to say, a lot of the Disney's current animation slots, like, they all tend to lean more towards, like, the Pixar formula now. They do. The animation style is definitely moving in that direction. Like, especially with, like, Big Hero 6 and Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, Wreck-It Ralph and whatnot. Like, all of those tend to be more Pixar's style of storytelling. And so I'm I'm excited to see where that collaboration Well, they did the Planes movie. Yeah, I did not like that. Wait, what movie? Planes. It's like Cars. It's oh, planes. I forgot and that thing. It's like it a Cars offshoot. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a Pixar film, which I think most people didn't notice when they went to go take their kids to that movie, because it looks like a Pixar yeah. movie. <laughs> but it is the same company, I guess, at the end of the day, right? So maybe we should just let it go. Really? <laughs> Any other news articles that we want to talk about? Now you said that the Runaway started filming today. Yeah, I just saw, saw an article like two seconds before we started the podcast that said that yeah. the the Runaway season, season two has begun filming. Oh, nice! And I don't know if anyone here has seen season one, but it's amazing. I love it. Yeah, um, I've heard really good things about it. Haven't had a chance to watch it yet. It does they, the comics pretty, pretty they good do, justice. They do a really good job. Like, the things you want to see from the show, they show you. Like, one of my favorite parts of the whole show is the fact not to really spoil Don't anything. Don't spoil anything. I'm not spoiling anything. Like but, anything. like, if you're a fan of dinosaurs, you'll like the show. Just saying. That's a, that's, really? Okay, fine. There's a velociraptor in the show. Come on. I didn't mean for you to just say that. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, there's way, like, that's not even a focus. No, but I mean, just like, ruined Runaways for somebody who just wanted to talk about The Incredibles. They just wanted to, yeah. <laughs> No, no, it's, it's a very, very good show. I mean, if you've seen the it trailer, you, you, you've seen yeah. The writing is done really well, mm-hmm. and so is pretty much keeping you on your toes, so you think you know what's going on, and then you don't know what's going on, unless you've read the comics, then you kind of do, but still. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm very excited for season two. Cool. Jessica Jones season three is starting production soon. Yep, and Luke Cage season two comes out this Friday. Woo! I also uh, saw another article saying that Amelia Clark has wrapped filming on the final season yes. of Game of Thrones. Yeah. At least she's the first of the principal like yeah. actor cast. It's a little sad, finished. I guess. It is, but I mean, it's kind of interesting that like they're starting to wrap up filming. So. Yeah. Even though we won't get to see it for like a year. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> much. Um, okay. Well, then I guess we'll move on to yeah. our review. Um, before we do that, we are going to take a quick break. So just a moment. Hey guys, it's Derek of Red Shirts and Runabouts the Heroes Podcast Network's dedicated Star Trek podcast series. Join us every Friday for new episodes covering everything from Star Trek Discovery all the way back to Star Trek The Original Series. We talk Star Trek news, review episodes, talk top lists like our favorite ships and characters, and we even pitch some of our own ideas like what we think a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek movie could look like. So don't miss an episode by subscribing today. Live long and prosper. All right, so we're back, and um, we're going to go ahead and move on to the Incredibles review. So before we dive into the spoiler details, we'll go around and give kind of a quick kind of one or two sentence non-spoiler take on how you felt about the movie, and then we'll talk about the box office and that kind of thing. Sounds good. So normally we start with Ryan, and since, Chris, you're sitting in Ryan's seat... I got some shoes to fill. You get to go first. Yeah. Um... I thought Incredibles was very, very good. Um, the The animation was spot on. The The action sequences were really engaging. Um, 
the story itself felt a little disjointed in places because this is a sequel and, and, you know, Brad Bird, I think, was trying to juggle several ideas at once. And not every single idea meshed well with each other. And there was really no, like, overarching main, like, theme he was trying to drive. Um, But, like, other than that, I thought the film was incredibly entertaining. And um, there were some really good moments that, that stood out, but we'll probably get into those later, so... I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nicole? I also really enjoyed the film. I like the take that they uh, went with for it as far as perspective. Um, I also liked some of the topics that they talked about that I don't think get enough representation in a lot of the animation styles of today. And speaking of animation, again, yeah, it was really great. A lot of the detail were almost (laughs) hyper-realistic. Some of the like nature settings were really, really, really intricate and really well done. Although, you know, the sequel took how long? Like 15 years? 12, something Uh, like that. 14. 14, I'm I'm terrible at math. 14 years to make. So I think that it definitely um, lived up to its hype. I wasn't disappointed. Ray? Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed the movie. It was a lot of fun. I... I still overall prefer the first one, and I think that goes back to your comment. Mm-hmm. It, it was a tighter story, mm-hmm. and I think the villain was a bit better developed, but this one had a nice bait and switch that I totally appreciated, and I uh, I think it's one of Pixar's higher quality films. Cool. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I liked it a lot too. I think I might like it more than the first one, yeah. but we'll talk about that and get into the details before we get too spoilery. So this is your spoiler warning. We're going to be just talking about some box office numbers real quick before we dive into spoilers to give you a chance to pause and go see the movie and then come back. And based on how well it did, you're one of the few people who hasn't seen the movie yet, I guess. So, uh, we'll just wait for you to come back. Bye, Ryan. And with that, Ryan is leaving because he didn't get a chance to watch the movie. (laughs) Ryan, it it made a lot of money. Um, All right. So in the box office, it did. It made uh, over $182 million domestically in its opening weekend, uh, which has now broken two hundred dollars if you include Monday's numbers. Um, which just dwarfs the original. The original only made $70 million in its opening weekend, uh, Mm -hmm. which is pretty crazy. Not a ton of competition. It had Ocean's 8 in its second week. Um, and it had tag in its first week and tag made like $14 million. I don't even know what that is. It's, um, a movie about adults who play tag for an entire month out of the year with each other. Say, it's based on an actual story. It like is. A true story. Uh, uh Jeremy Renner, <laughs> Jeremy Renner's in it and he broke, really? he broke both of his arms doing stunts in the movie. Like in real life? In real he life. Did? Yeah. He, he did his own what? stunts in the movie and he broke both of his arms. What? What's his name from, uh, the, the. John Hamm, Jake Johnson. Thank you. Oh, Hannibal, Jake Johnson. Hannibal mm-hmm. Burris is in there. How have I never heard of this movie? I saw a trailer for good. it like a month ago and it looked and funny as hell. Well, that's um, our next double date, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> the movie really, like, it caught me off guard when I saw the trailer for it. I'm like, well, that looks amazing. I usually don't like movies like that. Uh-huh. Um, but I think it looks good. I think it looks uh, comparable to the first Hangover. Mm-hmm. So, Fair enough. Okay. It made just under fifteen million, and Ocean's Eight made just under nineteen million. So not like a ton of competition, um, but it's also a kids movie, and it's a Pixar film, and mm-hmm. it's a sequel. So no one's super surprised. It I would has imagine. been fourteen years of yeah. anticipation yeah. for this movie, especially since the first movie, while not as big as a box office success, 
has garnered so much of a fan following that everyone's been pining for this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. Um, so it actually became the, it was the number one grossing opening weekend G or PG film, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty big because that's a, a lot of company. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it did well. Uh, so th- those are the box office numbers. Nothing like super shocking or, or unique about that. So we'll, we'll go ahead and dive into things. Uh, where would you guys like to start? And this is now spoiler territory, so feel free to say whatever you want. So the movie picks up like 30 seconds after the first movie ended. And I think I really want to rewatch both films just back to back. Like yes. not even a break in between for, you know. Back there were a few theaters go. who actually did that. Like they had like mm-hmm. a, a special where you could watch the first film and then the second movie would pick up immediately right after that one. So there was no break. Except for, like, the credits in between. But yeah, other than that, like, some people did that, and uh, I've heard that, like, that experience, seeing it in that manner, was, like, really rewarding for some yeah. people. So I can believe I that. I think I'd be one of those people, though. <laughs> well, I'd be, like, one of those, like, watching Thor Ragnarok right into Infinity War. Like, I think that'd be a little more jarring, because you're super happy at one point, and then you're super depressed. But, but people <laughs> were doing that when they were getting ready to go into it, um, after their friends had told them that it pretty much picks up yeah. Right after. Yeah. yeah. Even does. if the tone is completely different. Completely <laughs> off. <laughs> I, no, I going into you. it, I was not really excited about it taking place directly after the first one. I wanted there to be somewhat of a time jump. But you played the video game, and but they already I did covered too. like the underminer in there. But yeah, that, that wasn't really why. But like the underminer's plot in the video game is completely different than the movie. So the yes. video game has nothing to do with the sequel. No. <laughs> and like that, that was that really didn't have anything to do with it. It was more of just. It's been 14 years, so I've grown up. The characters kind of should have grown up. Like, we're Toy Story. Andy has grown right. up through the three Toy Story movies, right? His there, there's, like, age. between so. one and two, because one and two came out so close to each other, it's, it makes sense to have Andy still relatively the same age from one to two. But from, like, two to three... That's a huge jump. Yeah. That is years. a huge jump. So that yeah. one makes sense. Yeah. But, like, this, this was, this this was 14 is just years. Like so. The next movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Brad Bird came up with a story, and it was... His story was better with Violet as a teenager and with Jack Jack still as a baby. So that's the story that we got. I'm Dash, sure. The adolescent I'm sure brother. part of that, like 14 years, was them throwing a million ideas against the wall because you could age them up and have a ton of fun stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and they still could. Yeah, exactly. So maybe this is like a reopening. Uh-uh. Um, so it's not. It might not be just a standalone. Not that this movie shouldn't be a jumping off point i mean i'd love for it just to be a standalone movie right but it it does benefit from being a direct sequel to the last one it's so close of a sequel to the last one but it also i think would have also benefited more had it been maybe set at least a year or two after the first film it's possible i mean yeah you can show that first adventure of the underminer thing it's like oh from this point onward we've grown up or something like that or but like to have the entire story set like days after the events of the last film it's it's good but it's also jarring at the same time i think it's a good move if they want to do more Mm -hmm. because then it reestablishes who they are it also reminds people of kind of the past story and reintroduces the characters and now it's 12 or 14 years later and so they have also a brand new audience. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll be a little surprised if we get more though, just because Brad Bird doesn't really do sequels. I think this was his first sequel. He was, he was hesitant Is to it? even do I this sequel because so. he was like, he was like, I feel the pressure now to please the audience with something that was supposed to be so original that it could stand on its own. And now that people are demanding more, he's like, 
oh no, I'm I'm under way more scrutiny with with this next film, basically. But that's also how today's, you know, how the audience is. They are always yeah. wanting two, three, four, five, six, seven. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so regurgitating ideas. I mean that it's a perfect opening for them to have a sequel like they did. And reopen it. I'm not saying they should. I'm saying they can. I mean, with this money, maybe they'll just find a way to do it without Brad Bird, um, yeah. which I think would be probably not. A it would great be a decision, but um, yeah. I mean, everyone wants him to do an Iron Giant sequel, and he doesn't really want to do that. I hope oh. he never does an Iron no. Giant sequel. Yeah, he I pray to sequel. God it never gets a sequel. But I love that movie. It's so good and so touching. It is. Yeah. But he did Ratatouille. That doesn't have a sequel. You know, that one's so. amazing, too. That's a great standalone film right. that doesn't need a sequel. But that's kind of how he does it, though. Like yeah. The first Incredibles is a great standalone film yeah. that, you know, has a great conclusion and ends on a really solid note and doesn't... I mean, it's been 14 Tells years. Tells a wonderful message. You know, it didn't need a sequel as much as I wanted one, right? Um, so Midnight Pearl asked for us to introduce ourselves. So uh, that's Derek. That's Hi, I'm Derek. <laughs> I'm Ray. I'm Nicole. And I'm Chris. Okay. And for those who are not watching this live, uh, we do this live Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central at twitch.tv slash heroes podcasts. And you can chat with us live during the show. Mm-hmm. So you can always do that next week when we talk about Jurassic World. Absolutely. Yes. Um, all right. So let's let's get into the story here a little bit. So um, the beginning <laughs> is kind of told in flashbacks a little bit um, a because we're, we're learning about what happened at the, the battle with the Underminer. Um, <laughs> from from the perspective of Tony Reidener of all people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I didn't expect that either. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, okay. <laughs> I had flashbacks of Carrie, the babysitter, yes. you know, when he's inter- being interrogated in the Jack-Jack attack short. Mm. I'm just like, oh, this is a fun little refresher. <laughs> it is kind of funny how that tied back in, though, because nobody knew that Jack-Jack had powers. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the house blows up. They never really got the messages, I guess, or anything about his abilities. They just hear weird, weird phone calls, and then, like, they get there, and the house blows up. Yep. <laughs> Um, so how do you guys feel about the way it started off with it kind of being in flashbacks and he gets his mind wiped and... That was a clever way to reintroduce the characters to like, oh, okay, supers are still illegal. Supers are still kind of viewed by the public in a certain way. Like, not everyone's okay with superheroes still being out there in the world. And, you know, when you've grown up your entire life knowing that superheroes are illegal, how do you, how do you look at that situation and be like, there's a person in spandex standing in front of me, and then there's a giant drill coming out of the ground. I'd be freaking out, too. And it's like, I thought it was clever. Yeah. You know, I, want, I never thought about this before, but since superheroes are illegal in this world, do you think people, like, dress up in superhero costumes like we do? For Halloween? Probably Go to conventions. Not. It's probably It's right? probably against the law. Probably not. Right? That's kind yeah, of interesting. I never thought about that before. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, you just accidentally well, you help, help somebody like, you're while anarchist. you're in costume, and then they think you... You just help, like, an old lady across the street, and then you get put in jail. Right, because you're wearing <laughs> a superhero <laughs> costume, right? <laughs> but then again, does that, would that be a good way to get out of jail? And be like, I don't have any powers, I'm just going to this comic convention. They're like, yeah. right, son. How do you prove you don't have any powers? You just don't do them. <laughs> that just proves you're not using them. That's <laughs> like the witch trials where they're like, oh, well, you'll live if you float or whatever. Like, yeah. Right. Crap. Yeah. You basically die. We're going to set you on fire. If you live, then we, we were <laughs> right. You're right. You're a witch. It's like, well, 
Uh, this is taking a turn. No, but it was it was a fun fun opening action sequence because it, it started with flashbacks, but then it, then they after they mind wiped Tony's mind, mm-hmm. they immediately cut right back into the action from the Pars perspective. You get to see like Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl mm-hmm. doing their thing, and then you get to see everyone else relegated to baby duty, and it was yes. hysterical. I love that yes. nobody wants to watch Jack Jack because yes. they all want to be involved. They all want to be superheroes. They love it. Do you want to be stuck babysitting a kid? Of when course you could be not. Saving the world. Of course oh, not. It'd be so much more. Especially fun. since at that point they assume Jack Jack is helpless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's true. true. Uh, we did get more of Frozone in the beginning of the movie and that throughout was the film. Good. Very happy about that. I really like Frozone a lot. I mean, it is Samuel L. Jackson, so that makes most people probably biased. But um, I don't actually like Samuel I just, L. Jackson, I just but I do like Frozone. They handled his character way better in this film. Like, he felt like just an extended member of the family instead mm-hmm. of, like, yeah. the additional superhero yeah. who's the friend of right. Bob every now and then. It's mm-hmm. just like, no, he's, like, the the cool uncle, no pun intended, <laughs> we but, didn't get uh, to actually see his wife though which I no, thought we were going to do because I thought we were going to I'm actually uh, really happy they never showed her because it still makes her this like ambiguous entity know, who's demanding where he's going all the time but we know what she looks like because they released official artwork of I still don't know what she looks like I so, haven't seen that image. It's just super I wish weird. they would have put her in there yeah. right? Because I the, the that, illusion isn't shattered for me I was Ignorance really hoping that she was a super too <laughs> I was hoping she wouldn't be a super, <laughs> so she can balance that relationship. Yeah. Also, I was kind of hoping they would like have a kid or Ooh, something. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. I like the idea of her having powers, and maybe like she can turn herself invisible, and so she's been there. She's there. <laughs> <the whole time. laughs> well, that's violent. Violent. You know. Invisible. That's true. But uh, that's kind of cute. No. Yeah. Kind of like Vanisher. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> all right. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. So the main premise of this film is that. Um, Winston wants to bring superheroes back into a positive light, and he is just a giant fanboy like we would all be if, like, mm-hmm. you know, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman were real. Um, and so he wants to focus and on Elastigirl, though, mm-hmm. not not Mr. Incredible. Right. And I love that so much. I, I love that they decided to have this be so female-heavy and so female-driven mm-hmm. in the way that the stories were crafted, because not only was it focused on her... How much of a... I can just go and say whatever yeah, I want. Yeah. So then, like, so <laughs> the, the, villain, the villain is also a female. And I I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, all the the villains should be females. But a Pixar film? Yeah. So, I mean, that to me is huge. I love that. And um, I really liked the how they um, explored having basically a, you know, stay-at-home father the, 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 the role reversal yeah, of the parents the it was really yeah. nice the working mom and the stay at home dad who wasn't always a stay at home dad <laughs> right. so who had to be thrown into that environment and really just kind of like just try his hardest to keep up and have no idea what he's doing which is just like anything. and I like that both of them struggled throughout that it wasn't just super easy for either yes. of them but that they grew and got better at it too mm-hmm. like I like that um, since he couldn't sleep, he mm-hmm. went downstairs and started working on the homework and figured right. it out so he could teach his son. And I like mm-hmm. that uh, she worked so hard on the case and kept getting more and more pieces of it. So mm-hmm. it, it's good to see character growth. Like yeah, for me, the biggest takeaway of the film was always it was always summed up by Edna herself when she was just like, "The act of being a parent is 
in itself a heroic act. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you have Helen, you know, I have Elastigirl going out being a literal superhero, but you have Bob staying home with the kids and also being a superhero to the children. Mm-hmm. Being, you know, the father who, who, who helps with the homework, who does the dishes, who changes the diapers, and it's just like, also that Elastigirl can have that steady career. And I'm like, oh, wow, these are really good parallels, stories being told, and so, like, for me, that was the biggest, the biggest, like, well, uh, message being driven home by the movie. With that being said, I mean, that I think that is why it's so huge to have that role reversal. Because if you think about it, that's been Elastigirl's life. Like, she's been doing that. She's been taking care of the kids while, you know, even though she helps Bob, like, he's out doing his thing more mm-hmm. often than not. And now to have those roles reversed and to an extreme is, I think, refreshing to watch. Plus, I mean, there's not enough, like... I, I think good dads just struggling to be real dads mm-hmm. in animation. I don't think that's See, a thing. But I feel like he complained about it a little too much. Well, but again, it's a, <laughs> it's a culture shock. And if he is the type of man that he is, very macho, very... I'm not saying that he would refuse to be that father figure like on a regular day, but right. he probably would. He probably would be like, oh, you got this. I don't need to be here and I then go off and do this thing. And I think that he's thrown into this thing because he has to be. And then yeah. he comes around to me and he's like, okay, I have to accept this. I have to figure this out. Of course he's going to bitch about it. Yeah, I just feel like he was t- <laughs> more negative than he should have been. That's, that's within character, though, because in the first movie, he, he was kind of a jerk. He was secretive and hiding all the stuff from his wife. Mm-hmm. And it he doesn't realize that him hiding this whole other job makes him look like he's having an affair and it's like killing his that's wife. Right. So... He's kind of... He's self-absorbed. Absolutely, he's self-absorbed. Not to mention, the story takes place days after Mm -hmm. the first film, so it's not like he's gone through a major character arc since that first movie. He's still, if anything, he's still the exact same person from the first film, just days later, so like he would still have feelings like that. Like, two days ago, I saved the world, and now I'm changing diapers. He literally basically I love my children, (laughs) but it's like, this is slightly embarrassing, you know? But keep in mind, they weren't allowed to be superheroes (laughs) for a long time. Time. So it's not like he's just been doing this constantly for his job and he got fired. He kind of has been. You know, yeah. He's been secretly saving the day with Lucius like every Wednesday night, bowling night. <laughs> well, they listen to the radio. We don't know how often they actually got to do anything. Yeah, but, but like they they, 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 they help with burning buildings like once every other week or something. And yeah, they're doing it in secret. But like to him, that's saving the day. He's still being I a guess hero. I mean more of like when they pick Elastigirl, when Winston mm-hmm. says that he wants Elastigirl... I feel like he's just like as he as little support as humanly possible yeah. in that situation. And that's what bothers me because they got together because they're both supers, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's how like their wedding basically took place because they were both fighting the same crime, right? And they bump into each other on the roof when they're supposed to be at their own wedding, right? In the first movie. So the fact that he is so quick to dismiss that part of her life, that's what bothers me. Well, I think what he was assuming... What he was assuming okay, was I'm, that, I'm not disagreeing with what that. He, I think what he was assuming was like, he wants all of us here to all be supers at the same time and they're only picking Elastigirl. And if that's the case, mm. why are Lucius and I here? The no. reasoning behind it was good, though. The fact yeah. that, like, they had the numbers to back they it did. up. And it totally made sense that if they want to get 
the government on their side, you have to go with the one that causes the least collateral damage. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think you wanted all three of them there because they're the ones who are going to get their photos taken mm -hmm. in front of everybody, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. they're, it's for the press. Right. You yeah. know, even though Elastigirl is going to be the face. initial person. Marketing. But look at it from right. Bob's perspective. Exactly. He asks, he literally requests all of them to come to the, to the tower at night dressed in their full superhero mm -hmm. gear and everything. He's like, we're going to make supers look good again, but right. we're only going to use your wife. But they still and it's just like, them. And so to him, it's just like, oh. That's just the that's just the beta <laughs> test, though, right? She's the initial right. one because they know she's the, the least risk to cause collateral damage, <laughs> right? So she's she's the gray launch of this program. And let's be honest here. He's the multimillionaire trying to do this, mm -hmm. and he wants to see his superheroes in their gear. To right. right? Well, so. <laughs> well, and if you're going to, like, a premiere for, like, Wonder Woman, I mean, she's going to be the center of attention, but that doesn't mean that you don't invite the rest of the cast. Mm -hmm. You know exactly. what I mean? You still want the supporting characters. Mm -hmm. Because they have to be there. Mm -hmm. And at the bigger picture, they do want to bring supers back onto the mainstream, be accepted, not be illegal. And so that was like their whole point. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I don't I don't even think it's that big of a deal that he was a little bit more negative about it. I don't think that he was necessarily dismissing that part of her life. I think a lot of it was just that the dynamic had changed. And immediately when the dynamic changed, he couldn't really like There was no that. grace period. It was it was immediate role reversal. Which and he would need somebody who was also a super in order for a relationship with him to work. Because like you were saying before, like he did have to keep a lot of things secret. Mm -hmm. And if he didn't have somebody that he could share those things with, then Yeah. I think that's well, that's a fair point. It's really difficult when your roles are reversed right away. You have years and years mm -hmm. of getting used to your specific roles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're not just talking about gender roles, but we all take on roles within our relationship. And right. if all of a sudden everything switched, mm -hmm. you might be kind of an ass about it. Yeah, especially but, since he was the breadwinner for, like, yeah, the entire yeah. first movie. He was, like, he's the one who had the 9-to-5 job, mm -hmm. and he then had the secret job on the side. So it's just like he was he was the provider mm -hmm. up to that point and then to be just the stay at home dad, it's But then he even dark. mentioned that too. Yeah. He even mentioned how well I'll you know, I'll go out and get a job mm -hmm. and then she tells him no, it's her time to to do this. Yeah. And that I think was hard for him too, and he didn't think it was gonna be a realistic thing. And then mm -hmm. this, you know, billionaire is like, Hey, have this house, have this car, have this money, right, have this life, by the way. Now you need to stay home with the kids. And mm -hmm. I think that was just a big culture shock for him. And honestly, I don't think he'd ever done it before. No, it was very so. apparent that he had no idea how to be a full-time yeah. parent, just a part-time one who takes care of the kids. Not just finish. for kids, but for super children. Right, right. <laughs> so let's Fair. let's continue Fair. on to other parts. So the, the, bait, the bait and switch I was talking about earlier is hiring Bob Odenkirk. Because he is, for the last 10 years, he has played a sleazy villain type in every single role. So to hire him in a Pixar movie, and for film fans who know who he is, who've seen his work, like, immediately you think this is the mm -hmm. bad guy. Yeah. He's gonna, like, this He's the too corporate nice. businessman. And uh, yeah, he, I, I like, went into the film thinking the corporate guy was gonna be the, the, the main villain. But not for, not for, like superficial reasons but it was just like oh maybe he's doing it because he has a crush on Elastigirl he wants to get closer to her for something like that like yeah. almost like a role reversal of the first film where like you had Buddy you know Syndrome who was the biggest fan of Incredible, uh, Mr. Incredible but then now you have like this corporate guy who's like we're gonna focus on just Elastigirl and get Bob out of the picture and yeah. I can move it I was like that was my immediate thought, but then I thought as the movie went on, I'm like, okay, no, no, it's not him. That's not his his plan at all because, you know, that's what they didn't go with, of course. But I thought, oh, 
like you said, you know, the previous roles of this actor, he's done all these kind of sleazy roles before. This is what I expected of this kind of character, and they didn't do it. Yeah. I like that the person that did end up being the villain. Mm -hmm. I liked how she was introduced as kind of like this fun, kind of easygoing, Mm -hmm. super intelligent, had a ton of like credentials to back up, you know, her abilities. And then um, getting close to Elastigirl as kind of a friend. And then for that, the switch, the way that it happened and, and was revealed to be very clever. Yeah. I liked that it wasn't underhanded. You know I what agree. I mean? Or that they undermined what Elastigirl could do or think. I mean, Elastigirl figured it out and it was just, she just didn't realize it, who it was and mm-hmm. that they were right there. Absolutely. And, you know, that's really cool for Katherine Keener because she has always played the good guy. And just within (laughs) the last year between Get Out and now Incredibles 2, she's a villain. She is a straight Mm -hmm. up villain. And it's just neat to see her career go in that direction. It's always fun to be a villain. Yeah. Would you think that's a screenslaver? I hate that name, by the way. I think it's The name's a little lazy, I think. Yeah. Uh, It's pretty on the nose. I I didn't really have any other issues with the villain in general. I mean, it was fine. Um, It wasn't as unique as the first one, because the first one has all this backstory, because you're still learning about the characters, versus this villain is really only a villain because, you know... Uh, Winston wants to do this thing and she doesn't like it, right? No, but her reasoning was because, in her mind, if it wasn't for the supers and the fact that they didn't answer her dad's call, her parents would be alive. Yeah, but it's it's more of like, how do I want to phrase this? So, if her brother doesn't do this one thing, then screen slaver never exists. Mm-hmm. Versus, right. you know, Syndrome wants to make everybody in the world a superhero just to kind of get back at Mr. Incredible for being a superhero, right? So Syndrome's is a little more worldwide than Screen Slaver because Screen mm-hmm. Screen Slaver's got an end game that's pretty simple, right? Once Winston fails, she's done. Yeah. Well, it's literally the opposite of the first movie. If he wanted to make everybody a super, and now the villain wants there to be no supers. Right. Or not necessarily no supers. She just doesn't want the world to be so dependent on supers anymore. She doesn't want, she doesn't want to them to be legal. Like, it's not yeah. like X-Men level, no right. mutants kind of thing. <laughs> no, but she, does, she wants to make sure that that law is in the books forever. Right? And the, her reasoning for that, though, is just... It's it's a it's a little flimsy just because it's her parents her, her parents refused to go into a her dad room. did yeah her dad refused to go into their safe their safe their, safe or their panic room because he wanted to call the superheroes and so for that she's going to blame all superheroes mm-hmm. who have ever existed like and that's... he on the other hand like it I thought it was really clever because it shows how one event can change the course of so many people's lives in different ways yes. and they took two completely different paths so. Yes, on the surface, the motivation for both of them is pretty flimsy. But when you compare the two siblings to each other, the story is much more interesting. And maybe they should have focused on that a little bit maybe. more. And then the villain and, well, both Winston and uh, Evelyn would have been a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with that. It just seems like what Winston wants to do is for the whole world. And Evelyn just has a very personal family vendetta kind of thing her parents died and she i think that's just as strong so. of a motive she 
I mean, in real life, that's what we're all motivated by is what happened to us. We don't all think on a global scale. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that you have to think on a global scale. I just meant that if you're comparing her to the to Syndrome in the first movie, right. I just didn't think her her reasoning was as strong. Well, the, thing, the thing with Syndrome is, like, the reason what makes him such a compelling villain is that his motivation for doing what he's doing still ties into the everyday narrative of, like, the Parr family. Bob even has this wonderful monologue about it where it's like, if everyone's super, then no one's super. And that relates to Syndrome as well as the small-scale stuff. Because he, he talks about Dash getting a ceremony for just moving to the next yeah. grade in his school. And I'm like, <laughs> that minor little bit of dialogue plays into the overarching theme of the film. The, the the main plot of the villain in this movie doesn't really relate to anything going on back at the home with Bob and the kids. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's almost basically Elastigirl is really there just kind of coincidentally. Mm-hmm. Like, it could have been any superhero involved. The fact that it's Elastigirl is not particularly relevant. And that's probably why the villain isn't as successful to the movie. I I felt that this was a really good I guess attempt at a villain like that they, they had a great idea but it just fell a little short it was like I like didn't the get to know villain her. yeah yeah villain. that's the thing I like the villain good. I don't like right. the backstory we yeah. just didn't really get much so, of one I right. think that's the thing is like she wasn't in there very much to begin with um the little bit that we did see of her though was all very kind of chummy yeah absolutely. and getting to know and getting to butter up you know elastigirl and the supers and then her brother and that to me is a little unfair when do you think was the last time elastigirl talked to another grown woman yeah i agree a long time i bet yeah yeah absolutely um, in chat, uh, Midnight Pearl had a pretty funny joke. We were talking about, uh, you know, c- kind of comparing it to X-Men. And she said that if Evelyn <laughs> is Magneto, then in the next movie, Evelyn gets to be a good guy. And so that, <laughs> I'm okay with that, though, because I think that the character was interesting. I just I needed too. a little I bit more. I wish we had more. So I like that she just went to jail and she didn't die this like cruel death. So. <laughs> no case. Well, see, Syndrome <laughs> deserved it. He was a bad guy. And let's face it, like... 14 years ago, the entitled fan with toxic masculinity, like, pouring out of him wasn't really a thing. And now it's everywhere. Yeah. So Brad Bird, like, he could see. It's more relevant now than it was 14 years ago. Yeah, 20-20 vision. <laughs> but, but I think it's really important that Evelyn lives because it proves why Winston was right. Yes. Right, because Elastigirl and Void are doing everything they possibly can to not let Evelyn die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, even though Elastigirl could very well have died in that situation, yes. and Evelyn didn't care. Speaking right? of which, I adored Boyd. I do too. Yeah, I just realized so it was cute. Sophia Bush. I know. Yeah. I know that's who it was. That Sophia that's Bush awesome. doesn't really have that memorable of a voice or anything. No, like, not really. Holly Hunter is very recognizable. Yeah, you can hear her yeah. a mile away. Craig T. Yeah. Nelson, yeah. very recognizable. Not really Sophia Bush, so I'm happy that she's doing stuff because that right. and her character was adorable. So yeah. great. I want to have like a like Disney XD spinoff series with some of the side heroes, yes. the side supers. Void is all of us nerd. People. I have a small issue with some of the side heroes. I didn't like all like of the them. acid reflux but... guy. Oh, oh with acid reflux. That's weird. What was so interesting about the superheroes was the fact that once they were like told to hang up the tights. 
they were like normal looking people. Half of the heroes in this movie, they're like hulked out people with massive forearms, and it's just uh, like one dude's a bird. One dude's like, literally a bird. So wait, like, I, I, how do you hide in public and live a normal life outside of the tight? They don't though. See, that's the thing. They, they don't. I, I think that they did that very much on purpose. That in the in the golden age of heroes, which is like you know Gazer Beam and all of them, mm-hmm. they were what we think of as like superhero comic type people. But if they all go away. And only the people who feel like they have no other choice do it. You get more of the outsiders, mm-hmm. right? You get the people who already don't fit in. So they might as well not fit in in a positive way, yeah. right? So actually, I thought that was very much on I purpose. liked it. Um, and I, I didn't like Acid Reflux Guy, though. No, no that was weird. <laughs> it was so nasty. It was like, here's the line, and they were like, let's put this guy over here. But I, I like the conversation with the crusher guy about, how, like, uncrushing something. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, well, what happens if you punch someone? Do you unpunch them? Yeah. <laughs> that's so good. Now, I will admit, the powers that they displayed in this movie were ridiculously clever. Like, they were. like Void was very well done, yeah. and the fight between her and Violet was mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite scenes cool. in the whole film. It was, it was really so nice. well, like, just... Corey was tight. Yeah. It was tight. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, or, actually, I told you, right after the film was done, my favorite fight scene out of the whole film oh, was the oh, Jack, yes. Jack Jack and Raccoon fight scene. It was so okay. good. <laughs> so the only reason why I have a problem with this is that was put in there for toys. Straight up toys. I don't it know. It doesn't Jack matter. That is one of the best scenes I've ever <laughs> I seen. I buy one of those toys. <laughs> but here's, here's my problem with that. You better send me a snap like right <laughs> after. Here's my problem with that scene. My problem with that scene is that is one dumb raccoon. <laughs> Well, I mean, they're not the smartest creatures. So. Raccoon, raccoons are fairly intelligent they, of the domestic world type animals. They can open doors and trash cans. They eat like, our food. This one they know where to live. Just like, decided he wanted to fight a baby. Okay, that could shoot lasers, catch on fire. Jack Jack decided he wanted to fight the raccoon. It's true. The I'm raccoon just, decided to retaliate. I'm just saying, <laughs> most raccoons would run away when they noticed a human. Noticing a baby, maybe you ignore that. That's fine. I had a raccoon in my backyard that used to hang out at the back door with my cats. Okay? But I feel like if one of my cats all of a sudden burst in the flames, the raccoon was leaving. <laughs> well, I think that it was interesting, because I, I think I mentioned this, too, after we saw it, but I know it's a completely different, you know, um, oh, God, I can't, movie house, whatever you want to call it. But Theater? No. What? Um, so, Genre? No. But the now the I'm way really that curious. it was drawn, the way that they they animated the raccoon was just like the squirrel from Ice Age. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think that played into the characterization of it, even though I know they're created by two Scrap different. Let's see. The the, the no, squirrel has a goal. He wants that that acorn, acorn. so right. bad. What, what is the raccoon's motivation? He, he wants to kick the baby's ass. He wants to continue eating out of the trash can. The baby literally took the trash can away from him, which was like his buffet. It's like, you don't take a buffet away from a raccoon. And I, I, I understand that sentiment. <laughs> and in the initial fight, that's fine. But once there's like seven Jack-Jacks and these on And they're all shooting, shooting lasers. lasers. I'm like, you're done. Go somewhere else. There's but another house Jack-Jack somewhere. was also following him and chasing him. You, you know what's coming next though, right? 
A short? The rematch. No, I was going to say the team of. It's Jack-Jack <laughs> and Sidekick Raccoon. It's well, like they did make... Jack-Jack and the Bandit or something. Oh, so you guys, you guys remember Rock'em Sock'em Robots? Yes. yes. So for those who don't remember, it was like a tabletop game where you each controlled a robot and you would punch each other until one of your heads would pop up. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that was who lost. Um, they actually have an official... Jack, Jack Jack versus the Rock'em Sock. They do? I don't think it's actual branded Rock'em Sock'em robots, but it's in the Disney oh, store. Get it's at the Disney store right now. Yes. Uh, that's going on my dining room table, thank I you. Don't know how to, I don't know how to feel about it. Table. It's going to sit there in the living room for people to look at and play with. Yes. Now, one thing we kind of skipped over was some of the political undertones in this movie that I thought were very poignant and timely. Uh, for example, the conversation between Helen and Bob about whether or not it's right or wrong to do something just because there's a law in place. Mm-hmm. And I think yes. that was a very interesting thing to uh, discuss in a mm-hmm. children's movie. Well, that <laughs> is incredibly relevant to it our is. current climate, and we're going to just leave it at that. Yeah, I, I just want to say that I really appreciated that they did that in a Pixar film. Pixar always tries to handle like legitimate issues, and they handle strong emotional things and I appreciate that they don't talk down. Well, and so. even if you take the quote-unquote political side of that out, you can also just make it about, you know, people. Like, when you're talking to children and when you're teaching them what values to instill in them and what's important in life and what they need to know to grow and learn and survive in the world, one of the things that you need to know is that you have to question things. Just because somebody says something's wrong doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. Just like when someone says something's right. It same, it right. Yeah, same thing. And I think a lot of that is just like thinking for yourself and using your own judgment to decide what's right and wrong. So even if you don't think of it politically, even though that's absolutely relevant, you can think of it as a moral lesson almost. Yeah. And Pixar, if you're listening out there, this is why we, we hold you. you to such a high standard because <laughs> these are the types of things you give us. So we just expect more. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. Um, okay, so um, what else would you like to touch on then? We've kind of so gone through a lot of stuff. I, the timeline for Incredibles is always a little fuzzy, and if you look in the first movie, when Bob's reading the newspaper, it says 1962. So there's a year attached to this. And uh, we talked about the other superheroes and newer characters being outsiders and like. Can we talk about how incredible Void looks? She looked like a character. Mm-hmm. No, she looked like a girl who works at your local mall or, you know, mm-hmm. she... A barista, yeah. like a... Yeah, yeah making you know, her coffee. She's someone you would bump into at the park or something. She is not a 1962 no. person. So. Bright neon blue hair. Right. She's like 1980s, like punk rock. Yeah. Rock. She's an X-Men. Exactly. That's, I mean, you're not, you're right on In this world, yeah. Yeah. I, that makes sense. Yeah. She's a Nightcrawler or Pixie or... Or Blank. Her or powers blank. are basically... Yeah, yeah, she's, she's Clarice Ferguson. That's it. Yeah. But I loved her design. And I, even some I of the do. weirder characters, like the owl guy was weird, but it was an interesting design. They've, I've never seen anything. I liked how the owl... The owl guy reminded me of Mole from uh, the... <gasps> Atlantis, the little yeah. French guy who's like digging in the dirt all the time. He, I don't yeah. know why, but he reminded me so much of a that. The little whole bit. character. Thank you. Like, it was crazy. If I'm anything, to it reminded me of like the Hollis Mason Owlman from I, Watchmen. Oh, yes. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. You could definitely tell that they they borrowed some tropes from you know classic oh. comic booky stuff. Watchmen yeah. literally the entire story deals with the the out 
outlaw, you know, superhero community being, you know, mm-hmm. shunted out by the government. And so, like, that's, like, everything The Incredibles deals with. So yeah. why not pull from that resource, or at least be inspired by it? So is Jack-Jack Dr. Manhattan, then? Yes. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> a little bit. I, I, I had a theory about baby. Jack-Jack. Jack-Jack is the, the result Kind of. Of, of, like, evolution taking its course. <laughs> when every other super was killed by Syndrome, he's the one gaining every power of every other super. Yeah, he's like Kirby. He just, like, sucks in all The in. idea so, that energy never dies, it just gets It just gets replaced or repurposed, or repurposed yeah. by the universe. The universe is, like, trying to correct what happened to every other individual superhero. And it's just, like, this next generation needs that individual... But they're not they're not being born fast enough, so every power that was lost by an adult superhero is now shoved into this baby and, <laughs> and he's just bursting at the seams. So baby. go ahead. So I, was, I really want to see them jump ahead a few years and see what type of sibling Jack Jack is when you yeah. know, he can talk and go to school and he still yeah. has you know Dash and Violet as his older siblings. He seems like he's gonna have anger issues, I'm just saying. And then also made a comment that he could lose powers. Babies often have like yeah, that's true. more powers and they they wear off. So that's a nice throwaway line for them to retcon it later and be like, yeah. This is ridiculous and just get rid of a bunch of abilities. But at the, yeah, at the, they can use that line to say, Well, you know, he didn't. Good for him. Or yeah, yeah well, we're just something. done drawing gummy. Jacks. That would be something too oh interesting to explore. If they so ever funny. made a third one, it would be like, Do heroes have their abilities forever? Or like every hero up to this point that we've known has never lived into old age. No. Nope. Do they do they retain their abilities past a certain age, or do they do they wane? Do they wane with time? Oh my gosh, how great would that be if all of a sudden we jump ahead like 25, 35 years? Kingdom Come Incredibles. Well, and (laughs) Bob has lost his powers, and Alaska Girl's in the stages of losing him, and it's just another thing for him to fight. And he he's he's not just fighting. He's not just fighting old age, (laughs) but he's he's dealing with the fact that he has to finally hang up the tights for good. Yeah. See, well, in, like, Kingdom, his could be really successful. in Kingdom Come, Flash gets faster with age until he just is a standing blur. So that could be Dash. Well, it's like well, yeah. it could be like a like a Fantastic Four like future foundation moment where like Jack Jack grows up to be like a Franklin Richards kind of character where like he's grown beyond the idea of superheroes and he's like fixing world problems. He's a god. He's now, now a god, and so it's like he's getting a complex, and so instead of just being a villain, they have to like rein him in before he becomes one. Mm-hmm. Well, because if you did, well, we just wrote Incredibles three. You're guys. welcome, Pixar. Pixar. <laughs> Hire us, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Bird. Give us a call. We'll talk. We're, we're waiting. Uh, uh, I will say this: I never realized that Brad Bird voiced Edna. Yeah, you didn't I know that just now yeah. until and I saw this paper and I was no. like, "Yes, Edna is one of my favorite fictional characters." Just that's ever. That's actually kind of a so. Pixar trope, where like the director vo- usually voices one of the best characters in the film. Like, the guy who directed uh, Up, he voices Doug. Yeah. Uh, the, the director of Finding Nemo does Crush the Turtle. Um, God, there's a few others. But, like, yeah, Brad Bird did Edna. Hmm. And they're usually always, like, the best side characters in the whole movie. It's not a Pixar film, but the director of Meet the Robinsons did Goob. Mm-hmm. Grown-up Goob, not kid Goob. Fair enough, <laughs> fair enough. Um, but I just appreciate it. I like Edna a lot. I'm glad she still had a role in this one, even though you know, it wasn't the same type of, of job for her. Oh, so. I loved it. Yeah. My one thing is I wish, and I'm glad that they put Frozen in here and gave him like a bigger role, but I wish there was a lot more ethnic yeah. variation. Yeah. I, a lot more representation for other cultures. Well, I, I, if you noticed, a lot of the, the additional superheroes in the movie, 
they they all had like accents, or at least half of them yeah. had accents. So they could have been from other countries, other like the Crusher guy. They had all the different ambassadors. They, each one has almost like a representative superhero. superhero with yeah. them. Mm-hmm. So that's nice, but it's it's again the whole you know you you told us that you had this, now show us that you did. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. I, we're getting there. We're not there yet. <laughs> At least this movie passed the Bechdel test. You know? It did. The what test? The, the Bechdel, Bechdel test. test. I don't know what that means. Having a woman talk to another woman about anything that's not to do with a boy. There you go. Okay. Now it's, I know. I learned something every day. It was developed by uh, a Swedish doctor because she was tired of saying women just talk to nobody. Which is 98% or, of any sort yeah. of film play. Is anything. there more than one woman? Mm-hmm. Do they talk to each other? Is it about something other than a dude? Right. Like, those are the only three things. And surprisingly, that's really difficult for most films to do. Well, considering the fact that most films are basically written by men, directed by men, cast by men, created by men. Why would they know? Yeah. Most. That's why I'm a Trekkie. Most Star Trek passes the Bethel test. Not all of it. Not Into Darkness. That was the Into Darkness there. barely passes as a Star Trek movie, so <laughs> we're not going to get into yeah, that. That's the one, one with, that's the one with uh, Benadryl Clariton as yes, Khan. Yes, it is. That sounds like a terrible name. It sounds like an allergy medicine. Benedict uh, Cumberbatch. I, I mean, b- 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 Benedict Cumberbatch. There we go. Sorry. Is, wait, what? Doctor Strange. Oh, I know him. Yeah. What did you say? Benadryl, Benadryl Clariton. A lot of people <laughs> make fun of his name. Yeah. <laughs> is that serious? Uh, <laughs> what? People make fun of his name a lot because it's... Re- it's I know, it's I know better... Like, yeah, which is funny because like, I love him as an actor. Oh, yeah, no, I love him. <laughs> I didn't realize you're making fun of him because I haven't seen that movie yet, so I don't know anything about it or who's in it. Ben I'm like, Anderson that is a stupid patch. name. I've heard that one. I wouldn't know. Well... <laughs> I quit. I quit. I hate Star Trek in the Darkness. Um, anyway, so Ch- Chat was saying if they make a third one... Um, they should do the time jump kind of like they did with Toy Story 3. And mm. I agree. I agree. But I'm not sure that they will because they didn't do it for this big 14-year gap, whereas like the first two Toy, Story- Toy Stories like, were fairly close together. I am not sure if they should do another movie that's 30 seconds later because then it Mm-mm. turns into a ridiculous premise of the, like the 24 but just bad stuff continuously happening. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, <laughs> but something tragic can't happen every hour of your life. Well, when do you poop? Other like, than other than the Jack the Jack becoming a god slash supervillain, <laughs> like, are there any other ideas or or, or uh, things that they should tackle if they make a third one? Yeah, they you should could, bring Lucius's wife <laughs> into you, the damn film. You could have a country try to weaponize its she supers. Is the good. That could be interesting. Make it an international situation. Absolutely, that would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're gonna, incredible. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you're going to age them up, right? So if you're going to jump ahead ten years or something, where Dash and Violet him? are adults, do they have make their it, own family? We can make it more serious, right? Yeah. You can have it be a little bit darker. You can have it, be, especially because like, their fan, like their fans, are growing up, and mm-hmm. they, there's already a 14 year gap. So most of us, I mean, hello, we're already getting old. Oh yeah. God! And we're then on board for it. I was in high school when the first one came out. Right? You know, you know so. how long ago that was. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I think you can age them up, and I don't think there has to be another 10, 12, 14 year gap for them to do it. I think they can do it within the next couple of years and still have it be. Do like a, like a, a like 10 that. years later kind yeah, of film exactly. where Dash is now late teens, Violet's in her early 20s, Jack Jack is still, you know, he's, he's 10 years old now. Yeah, you could easily do that. And you don't really have to worry about the voice actors because they're all the same from the first movie except for Dash. 
Violet was always voiced by an adult woman, for mm-hmm. example, and of mm-hmm. course, you know, the, the parents are already adults, mm-hmm. you know, and aging up everybody would actually make the adult, the, all of the characters closer to the ages of the people who actually voice them. Oh, so. Holly Hunter, <clears throat> God love her, but wow, her voice sounds much older. Yeah, this it round. does. You think so? I didn't notice. Uh, you didn't? I noticed. Well, clearly we have to see the movie again. <laughs> so rewatch, rewatch both of them. Back Darn. Back. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I think if they do a third one, they have to, they have to have that, that age up, move yeah. forward in the future. Yeah. Otherwise it's going to be a huge flop. I mean, at Pixar, least move it forward it. a month. You can't do another 30 second gap. No. I don't want it to be another be month though. I, I mean, animation. I want, yeah, I want to go a bit further too. Fair enough. Show us what the world's like with a super on every street corner. Or, or that yeah, like, yeah. yeah, that can't be did, easy. Did, sin, did syndromes, you know, <laughs> uh, predictions come true of everyone's super now? Or is nobody really, you know, super anymore? It's still a small percentage of the population. Probably, mm-hmm. yeah. But I think if you had another country try to weaponize their supers. Mm-hmm. Which they would. You know, and some Somebody countries would. probably would give it a shot, you know, could be very interesting. You have some characters that can... Her you know, pick up boats or this walk through walls. This movie would or... occur, like, right in the middle of the Cold War. And even if they aged it 10 years from 1962 to 1972, it's still the Cold War. <laughs> still the Cold War. So, yes. that would be interesting. That is true. Now, we're, we're nearing our hour mark here. So, is there any other parts of the film that you do want to touch on? I want to point out that there is a strobe light scene. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Epilep- <laughs> The, no. Yeah, the movie okay. was tested for with doctors, and it was deemed safe. That's why the scenes in it. it but there are warnings, jarring. and if you are epileptic, maybe pass on it until you know you can watch it at home and dial back the contrast or something. There, there, there's a there. scene. She's in an apartment. I feel like if you're still listening at this point, you've seen the movie, though. Probably, yeah. So it's a little late for that. But I do want to say, so since since it was tested by doctors... Yes, I will boycott it if if Lucius's wife is not (laughs) in it. Everything I've seen about the epilepsy stuff has been by people who don't actually get affected by it. So I'm a little concerned that it's not actually an issue because it was passed by all the doctors and I haven't seen anything by anybody who actually was impacted by it say something. So I'm wondering if we're making a problem where one doesn't actually exist just because there's a scene that kind of looks like it might have I don't know. It was still it's, jarring, it's jarring for me. Scene. I'm not epileptic, but I was still like, this is hurting my eyes to look at. I had plenty a look away a couple that, times. Yeah. But there's plenty of like, movies that have jarring scenes yeah, I, that impact yeah. people physically. I mean, sure. people have gotten sick in movies before. I get sick. And, yeah, and I got sick like in that. AI. Cloverfield? But, like, uh, but you don't, you don't <laughs> need... Into the end of the rainbow or something. Yeah, but you don't need warnings in those movies for people because there's not an actual medical reason, right? So if doctors pass it and the production companies passed it yeah. and the only people that are mentioning it are people like us who don't actually have thank god but it's just like so i just i don't want i don't want the movie to have a fake problem you right. know what i mean yeah. uh, i'm not saying the problem doesn't exist but from everything but it i've could read be a problem. let's not yeah, blow it out of proportion really yeah exactly maybe. i don't know like there like it happens like there was an episode of uh, pokemon that was banned because it aired the Pors- porygon episode uh, yeah i think that's what it was yeah um, you know, Which makes sense. <laughs> there's been those types of things have happened, right? So things can slip through. That happens. Um, but, you know, everything that I've seen written is written by people who are concerned for people that, with epilepsy, but nobody yeah. who actually has those types of conditions. So, you know, True. we're not doctors. Yeah. A lot of these journalists are not doctors. So, 
you know, it's, but, uh, but yeah, so I do want to touch real quick on Elastigirl's costumes because sure. she got a new one, which was really yeah. cool, but I was curious which one is your favorite. I have a, I have a favorite. You like the red one. I like the original. Oh, the white one. The, 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 the white and kind of the sparkly pink one. I like hers and Bob's original costumes. I actually liked the edgier, like, like the gray one. and black one. Yeah. I like that one more than the red. I think the red's a little cheesy. I, okay, so. <laughs> I, like, I like the idea of, like, a super family having similar outfits, but, like, when you have five people all wearing the exact same outfit, I'm like, I want a little more variety. <clears throat> yeah. Like, if, they, if it were, like, two people wearing the same outfit or something, that'd be okay, because, you know, they're they're married or something, but, like... They're a group. I want, I want like, if they do a third one... It makes one, sense to me. If, if they do a third one, I want the outfits to be more individualized, like, Dash has something that's more akin to his power set, or Violet to have something more akin to her power set. Well, all of the suits were tailored to fit their They were powers. tailored, but I want them to be designed... Edna is a designer. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she would, like, tear you apart from that. Just <laughs> so, so you're I'm a graphic designer, thank you. <laughs> so? You're not a clothing designer. No, but I have designed my own superheroes in the past. So your favorite is Elastigirl's new one that she gets I from Winston's like company. Yes. Nicole? I honestly don't have a favorite. No? I think, mm-hmm. um, I, I will say that I don't like the white. Wow, okay. It's not. I just don't like white. Sure. I don't know. It's, it's weird and then sparkle. It's hard to keep clean. Right? <laughs> Women kind of have a bad relationship with white. We get Cheers. it in like elementary, middle school. It's just, you know, it's a whole bleeding. thing. <laughs> just, it's a thing. Which is your favorite? I like the gray one. Yeah. Um, the new one. I will say that they changed the white outfit in the original movie. <laughs> she is just, she's got her thigh high boots and nothing. There's no hose. There's nothing. In this one, she has a pair of gray leggings mm-hmm. on instead. So, oh, also. Modesty leggings. <laughs> she's a mom now. Um, <laughs> also, yeah, I want to throw out how awesome it is that they were um, before the curve here. Because she, people have been commenting, why is, you know, Mrs. Incredible, like, why is she designed like an Instagram model? Why is she so <laughs> thick? It's like, this came out before Instagram was a 2004, people. people, come on. <laughs> so... I, but she's I like, always been thick. I do like that. Why are Instagram like models shaped like Elastigirl? I like it. I like it a lot. Well, my favorite is her old one. I don't like the red one because it's not her logo. It's her husband's logo. Yeah. yeah. Their yeah. family's logo. That's probably. why I like the newer suit because it's her logo. It's an updated version of I her like older the older suit. But see, the families aren't the Incredibles. It's the Pars. Mm-hmm. They're just called the Incredibles because he's Mr. Incredible. and that's They're kinda, all incredible, though. Uh, yeah, I just, I mean, she was her own hero before him. So it just kind of feels like... I guess that's true. Like, I'd like to see a suit for Dash where, like, because if he gets faster in the in the future or something, he's got, like, goggles now because, like, he really? needs to be able to see. The Flash that's doesn't cool. need goggles. No, Does it? he doesn't. Uh, I mean, You're just thinking of... <laughs> I don't know. I like that he would be differentiated from yeah. the other speedsters. Violet is actually, like, her suit's Violet or something? I don't know. That'd be kind of really? cool. Control Violet! Violet! I knew it. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so let's go around and give our grade for the movie. It's a letter grade. Plus or minuses are totally fine. Um, And we'll start with our Ryan stand-in, Chris, (laughs) because that's where you sat. So Uh, I would give it an A minus. I give it a solid A. Mm -hmm. B plus. Whoa. It's harsh. I've only given one movie an A this year. What was it? Uh, Solo. 
Wow. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I Solo might be my favorite Star Wars film. To be fair, surprising. she's not a Star Wars fan. No. Okay. No. Yeah. You, you have said that. Conversation for another time. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll table this one for later. Um, I'm going to give it an A personally because I, I loved it. I really did. I would give the original one an A too. Oh, you know? I give that uh, one like an A plus. That's like, an A plus. <laughs> I don't do A pluses. Okay. No one's getting above 100%. He's one class. of those. So, right? That one, one gets an A and yeah. a gold star. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Three smiley faces for the first Incredibles. <laughs> Uh, Get out of here. All right, so that's going to be it for us. Let us know what you thought of the movie. Um, you can find us at Heroes Podcasts on Twitter and Facebook or heroespodcasts.com. Don't forget you can join us live Tuesday nights on Twitch. Uh, Chris, where can people find you? Uh, well, my sister and I, we run a cosplay page called Not the Wonder Twins. We are on Facebook and Instagram, so please give us a like. And I'm Nikki Mouse Cosplay. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And that's Nikki Mouse. Nikki Mouse. Okay. Yes, Nikki Mouse. N I K K I Mouse. <laughs> Ray? I'm Siren Ray. Have been before. I'll continue to be later. That's like, convenient for people who thing. want to find you. Yes. Okay. And I am the Star Trek dude on Twitter and Facebook, mainly Twitter. And that is going to be it for us, Screen Heroes and the Heroes Podcast Network. Next week, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. Jur- Review. Review. Not the whole movie, just the review of the movie. Yeah, we're not playing the movie. We're going to act it out. With, with, oh, with like, puppets. Do I finally get a big dinosaur head? <laughs> no, I know. You get, like, one of those, like, like, like puppet hands with, like, the mouth on you. I want somebody to be in the blow-up dinosaur costume. Yes. I vote you. I've, I've worn one before. Dig yeah, out, like, your yeah. sexy Goldblum Our, unbutton shirt. Yeah. You can be Goldblum. All right. We'll see you later. Bye, Bye. guys. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.